small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Welcome, everyone, and hello. This is Startup BizCast number 82. I'm your host, Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations. Startup BizCast is produced by Endgame Public Relations, a social media PR firm based in Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about the firm and its corporate podcast production service, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know when I say times are tough for small businesses. The economy worldwide is the worst we've had in decades, and credit's hard to find. But small businesses keep chugging along, and new ones are being created every day. My guest this week is helping us take the pulse of entrepreneurialism. He's Chris Benjamin. His business is Rogue CFO. Essentially, he works with businesses that need a CFO, but not a full-time one. As a result, he's in contact with a lot of different businesses and has a unique perspective on life in the small business and startup world. Chris, thanks for joining us this week on Startup BizCast. Oh, my pleasure. Now tell us about yourself and your business, Rogue CFO. Sure. Um, A bit of background on myself. I'm I'm an ex-corporate CFO. I I, uh, worked in the corporate world for about 12 years, and uh, all the while I had aspirations of being an entrepreneur myself. Kind of knew the corporate life wasn't really for me. And I was starting to trend towards smaller and smaller companies to the point where I was actually working for a dot-com startup uh, full-time as CFO. And one thing that I kind of realized really quickly was this didn't need me there full-time. There just wasn't the need. They are paying full-time salary. Um, But, you know, what they could have really used was a part-time bookkeeper and a part-time CFO um, because I was doing a lot of the basic bookkeeping and stuff to kind of keep me busy. So I kind of thought, you know what, probably a lot of startups are in this mode where they they need a CFO sort of expertise on board, but they don't need someone sitting there 40, 50 hours a week. So I started to reach out to startups and uh, found out that was kind of true and came up with the idea of Rogue CFO where I just basically come on board as an interim consultant interim CFO, interim consultant, however it may be, um, and help them out and help them uh, launch their companies and stay on board as long as I can until uh, until they really grow to the point of, of needing a full-time CFO. And what sort of things do you do for these companies? Um, you know what? It varies. The uh, Most companies are at the point where they just have an awesome idea and they don't know where to go from there. They don't have necessarily a lot of business sort of like what do I do to make this company happen like maybe they're great at web programming and they have the next new hot.com but they don't have any business sort of side to them so I usually start out working on things like business plans and financial forecasts especially my background in sort of accounting and finance Um, and then from there uh, usually the next step is companies are looking for investors so we reach out to the investment community Um, I'm much more in tune with sort of venture capitalist angel investors so I help them uh, find investor capital, and then once we get to that point and pass and they're funded, um, it moves into a lot more just sort of traditional CFO role, like strategy, board of directors meetings, you know, ongoing sort of, you know, cash management is huge, um, and those types of things. And then as well, I get called on some just general consulting CFO type things time to time, but really I enjoy diving in and, and working with these, you know, these dot-coms and startups, so. Now, in, in your business, you obviously talk with and meet with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of high tech, but otherwise uh, other entrepreneurs as well. Now, I know this is going to be anecdotal, but what do you think is the state of small business, of entrepreneurship in the U.S. right now? It's, uh, 2009 has been an interesting year, and, and you're right. I mean, I get, I get calls and emails from people all the time and just all kinds of different companies. You know, you know sure, some are dot-coms, but some are just, you know, 
mom and pop setting up a shop, you know, anywhere from there to like high flying, you know, technology based. Um, 2008 was pretty rough for people. Um, I think now with the economy the way it is, you know, a lot of doom and gloom. A lot of people left their jobs. A lot of people are being forced into this position of being entrepreneurs. They're like, you know what? These are maybe people who, you know, had a great idea, but they just didn't have that extra edge to take the risk and leave their job. But now they've kind of been forced to do that. So now they're starting companies. So there's a lot of sort of activity happening in the startup world with people just starting new companies. And um, and that's why I'm getting a lot of these calls, because you have people who don't really know how to go about it. Um, so you have this interesting dynamic where there's a lot of companies starting up now. Um, and then on the flip side, you have a lot of investors who, 2008, you know, they held on to their bucks pretty tightly, um, just to want to see how the economy played out. And even though the economy still is horrible and all that, um, you know, venture capitalists and angels are recognizing that there's a lot of opportunity out there now. There's a lot of companies being started, and there's a lot of great ideas. So I'm seeing a lot of an, a lot more investment activity or interest from investors in these startups. So it's kind of cool because you have a lot of new startups, and you have a lot more investor capital sort of starting to flow in, which kind of contradicts the whole like, you know, what what you hear in the news about the economy. Um, on the flip side, though, yeah, you do have a lot of people who who are starting companies and they don't really, you know, they have a horrible credit score because, you know, they had to foreclose on their house or what, whatever the, you know, the story may be. Um, so that's kind of unfortunate. Um, and, and as well, the flip side of these people starting companies is sometimes you have, um, you know, there's a reason they didn't start a company before and it's, yeah, maybe they just didn't have the guts to do it. And you do have to have a lot of, a lot of guts to, to start a company. It's a lot of work. You have to cover a lot of bases. So, uh, that's kind of a roundabout answer, but it, it's a very, uh, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time for me because I'm seeing all these great companies kind of come out of the woodwork now trying to start. I'm seeing investors coming to me going, hey, Chris, you know, like what, what companies are you working with? Um, so it's very cool for me. And I hope that, you know, all these people who are, you know, starting companies are able to really, you know, make some things happen. What's the hardest hit sector that you've come across? What's the hardest hit kind of business? There's not a lot, I'm not seeing a lot of investor capital go into, sort of um, retail, you know, commerce, like basically not .com. Like I'm not seeing a lot of like, you know, brick and mortar getting getting funded so much. And I mean, part of it is that's not really my sweet spot. But at the same time, yeah, I'm just like I'm hearing from investors like, yeah, we don't go, want to go anywhere near that. We want to stick to things where there's low overhead, you know, a couple of guys can work from their apartment and start a .com. Um so that the money is going there a lot more and not towards, like, heavy, you know, like companies that need big investments for, like, machinery or inventory and these types of things. Um, and as well, just as a whole, investors are very much more sort of staging their investments now, whereas before maybe they would just throw a million bucks at someone. Now it's more like, well, we'll give you a million bucks, but over the long run, we'll only give you 50000 now to sort of prove your point and make sure that this is going to work. So there's a bit of conservatism there. Um but yeah, anyone starting like a physical store is, is going to have a bit of a tough time. And especially, too, since traditionally to get that type of business funded, um, people go to like the bank and stuff. And then you have, you know, people have credit problems. Banks are a little leery about lending out money. So it's a tough spot to be in. 
You mentioned uh, folks who have been laid off starting their own businesses. Uh, That's a fairly typical way, uh, route to entrepreneurism. Actually, that's how I ended up being an entrepreneur. I was laid off from the corporate communications department of a major corporation and decided I was just tired of being laid off and uh, decided to just do it myself. What's your advice for that type of entrepreneur? Because a lot of people are out of work right now. I think, um, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to think about. I mean, I think my my advice um, first thing is you know go buy a book about starting a company. It sounds it sounds you know pretty common sense or whatever you want to say, but um, really there's a lot to cover and you know take it to heart. It's not. I see a lot of sort of people being naive about it. You know they're like they'll read a book about starting a company. They're like oh well, I don't have to worry about marketing. People are just they'll love my idea. That there's a sort of you know classic trait of an entrepreneur that they think everybody wants what they're selling, and, and the truth is they don't. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the hard reality. Um, you, you have to spend a lot of time marketing. You have to you have to do all the classic sort of business things. You have to set up your accounting. You have to do the marketing. You have to develop the product people want. Um, so when, when these people who are laid off are thinking about whatever business it is they want to start, you know, really think it through. Don't just think about the cool product you're going to sell or service. Think about all the aspects of like the marketing, accounting, um, the operations. Where do you want the company to go? You know, what sort of you know investment do you need to get this going realistically? You know, are you in this for the long run? Like, are you really passionate about the business, or is this just sort of a you know, for lack of a better term, get rich quick scheme? Like, not necessarily a scheme, but you know, people sometimes will be just like, oh, you know, like. Um, Nutrition and vitamins are hot right now. I'm going to start a nutritionandvitamin.com when they have, they know nothing about it. And, and it doesn't work like that. You will quickly learn that when you aren't passionate about what you do, it gets boring really quick and really hard to dedicate your life and time to it. So you just, you know, be honest with yourself. Make sure you're passionate about it. Make sure you're properly funded or you can get properly funded. Um, and really plan out and, you know, get a business plan and, and financial forecasting in place and, you know, have a bit of strategy behind it. Treat it as a business. <laughs> it's a very good advice. Uh, well, you know, one of the things I keep reminding people that is that no matter what the economy, it's not going to keep people from having good ideas. Uh, are you still seeing innovation out there? Absolutely. Yeah, I get. Um, it's very encouraging. I'm seeing a lot of cool ideas. Um, a lot of you know, I kind of almost skipped over. You know, people refer to Web 1.0 as that sort of original dot com, and then Web 2.0 was kind of the rebirth of it. And people are already you know referring to Web 3.0. Um, there are some great things coming out, and um, I always tell people, too, and it's usually the first thing I'll ask them when they, they fire off an email to me and say, hey, Chris, I want to start a company doing X, Y, Z. Um, you know, I'll basically ask them point blank, okay, well, what's the problem in the market space, and you know, how are you solving it? If you can't answer that question, you're going to have a tough time, because if you're just creating something cool that people may or may not want, that's one thing. If you're actually solving a problem for people, whole another ballgame. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm just seeing some very cool, you know, people are leveraging technology like you know, iPhone applications, mobile banking, e-commerce, all this thing. I mean, there's just a huge trend on um, people sort of integrating technology in their lives more and more and more. And we seem to think, just when we think we're already overloaded, like people, you know, using their cell phones for everything, I mean, the next cool thing comes along. And now, you know, all phones come with GPS built in and, you know, you can track people's locations based on their cell phone and, I'll, you know, there's just so much innovation, and people are leveraging it, and I'm seeing a lot of that. And there's some definitely some smart, creative, talented people out there, and worldwide too. I mean, this isn't just a U.S. phenomenon. It's amazing that I get calls from all over the world of just people starting companies, and it's very encouraging. It's very cool. And I think it's that innovation that's probably going to bring us out of these this bad economy. It's it's that's the thing that's going to save us probably. 
Yeah, I think so. And, uh, and yeah, and that, I mean, speaking of a global aspect, I mean, that's just another area that's just completely opening up. Technology has allowed us to be a global economy, and uh, I'm definitely seeing it. I mean, there's a lot of dot-coms starting up overseas, and um, you wouldn't know it just by looking at their site that they're overseas. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping that the you know, entrepreneurs of the world can uh, can save the state of the economy here and really make something happening when you have all these big businesses. But just, I mean, they're so fraught with overhead and structure and, um, you know, fixed costs. But it's tough for, like, an auto manufacturer to rebound and change their business model. I mean, they, they can't do that overnight. Whereas an entrepreneur, you have to be sharp and on your feet and flexible. And people who are building their businesses that way will survive. Chris Benjamin uh, with Rogue CFO. People can find you at... Um, you go to my site, it's uh, roguecfo.com, and you can email me, uh, chrisb at roguecfo.com. All right, sounds great. Thanks for being with us this week. Great, thanks so much, Steve. Chris talked quite a bit about venture and angel funding during the interview. If that's something you're interested in learning more about, be sure to listen to Startup BizCast number 80, which had tips on how to acquire funding. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, or if you have a guest suggestion, please contact me. Chris actually ended up as a guest on this show that way. The best way to reach me is to leave a voicemail I can use in a future episode. That voicemail number is 206-350-7905. That's 206-350-7905. And if for whatever reason you can't leave a voicemail, you can also email info at startupbizcast.com or leave a comment on the Startup BizCast blog. That's a wrap for it. Episode 82 of Startup BizCast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mullen.